Welcome to this message by Bishop Edwin Morgan Ogo. Bishop Edwin Ogo is a seasoned minister of the Word of God whose messages on Christian living, church building, and the work of the ministry are a great inspiration to ministers all over the world. He pastors the Mackinac Cathedral in Oyibi, where he ministers powerfully in various services, transforming lives and raising zealous church workers. You will experience the transformational force and power of God's word as he ministers passionately to you today. Be blessed as you listen. an important aspect of a great shepherd it's the heart so this morning I ask what kind of heart do you have do you have a stony heart or a hard heart or a heart of flesh a soft heart that can hear when God speaks to you Ezekiel 36 26 message Bible God tells us that I'll give you a new heart put a new spirit in you I'll remove the stone heart from your body and replace it with a heart that's God-willed, not self-willed. This morning, God is going to perform a different kind of heart surgery, a different kind of open heart surgery. If you can just open up your heart to God and let him work and touch your heart, God is going to minister to us. your prayer. Purify my heart. Let me be as cold and precious silver. Purify my heart. Let me
Hallelujah. Amen. Tell your neighbor, I don't want to fail in my mission. Hallelujah. Joyfulness, and with time you will see such a big difference 
set the law. this morning? Are you alive this morning? You know, I want to welcome you one more time this morning and especially for those of you who are ordinarily not with us here at the Makane Cathedral, I want to welcome you properly and I want to welcome those who are watching online also. You are on this morning. God bless you. And I just want to remind you that this is the place where the spirit of God reigns and therefore there is freedom. I, I, I spoke to you about it yesterday morning. So here yeah, there's freedom to clap. There's freedom to shout. There's freedom to say amen when the pastor is preaching. There's freedom to say preach on. There's freedom to say you are preaching to me. You, you understand? So feel free and let the word of God enter you and move you. Wherever the word of God is, there is life, there is movement and there is excitement. But I'm happy to announce to you that this morning... We are about to take off. How many of you were blessed yesterday mightily? Mightily, mightily. How many of you were surprised at the depth of the ministration and the word that you received yesterday? I was surprised at the revelations. At the revelations. How many of you feel like you have not read the book that the preachers are, the books that the preachers are preaching? How many of you feel that way? Oh, yeah. You, you almost want to stop the preacher and say, let me see the page. I don't believe you are preaching from the same book. But that is the blessing of having anointed servants of God minister to us. And I'm happy to announce to you that this morning, we have one more time an anointed servant of God to minister to us. And I told you yesterday that these are proper, proper sons of Bishop Daggy Mills. 
the spirit with which they minister is the spirit of Bishop Daguerre Mills. The anointing that is upon them is the anointing that flows from Bishop Daguerre Mills. And so you are in a good place. You are receiving something good. And I tell you, you may be sitting here, but in the spirit, something flows into your church from here. Some of you will discover on Sunday that some of your members who were not even here are suddenly changing because that is the power of the anointing and that is the power of the spirit of God. Well, this morning, without much ado, I want us to stand to our feet as a sign of honor. I want us to clap our hands as a sign of excitement. You can shout, you can jump. Join me and let's welcome to this pulpit the Bishop Edwin Morgan. Oh God, come on, make some noise this morning. Make some noise this morning. for Jesus. Yay! Clap your hands for Jesus. Those who have joined online this morning, you can clap your hands. You are part of the service. It's your privilege. It's your privilege to be part of the service. This conference this morning and I have no doubt that, keep clapping your hands, I have no doubt that something great is happening to you. I have no doubt that God is touching your life. Amen. I have no doubt that God is preparing you for something oh, great. Yes. I have no doubt that you are going to see a new dimension of ministry. Amen. 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 In Jesus' name. Let's bow our heads. Father, we are grateful. We are thankful. We know we are in your presence to be prepared, to be refreshed, to be blessed, to be strengthened. Thank you for this awesome privilege. The word says, blessed is the man whom thou choosest and causeth to approach unto thee. Thank you for choosing us. Thank you. We don't know why, but you've chosen us to experience your word, experience your light, experience your blessing in such a wonderful way. Thank you. And we know that this morning, 
our lives will not be the same. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Oh, I said amen. Clap your hands, amen. Clap your hands, amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may please be seated. I want to salute all of us who are here this morning and those of us who are online. I want to salute the bishops of the Makane Church International, Bishop Yoku, Bishop Rory. Bishop Solo is doing some work related to the conference. Bishop Jamel, God bless you. I want to say a bit God bless you to Bishop Derek, who is also with us from Grace, Seat of Grace, and uh, Reverend Charles, and all other reverends and pastors. I want to say that it's a blessing to see you, and uh, I have no doubt that God is working in our lives. When God calls you into the ministry, that ministry becomes your life. Now, not only does it become your life, it also becomes the source of your life. That is why God doesn't change his mind about your call. He doesn't change his mind. Once he calls you, it's a call for life. The call of God is not for 10 years. The call of God is not till your retirement. The call of God is for your lifetime. And it's so because your life is linked to your call. Yes. Whether you are working in the bank or you are a full-time pastor, whether you are a nurse or you are a full-time pastor, even in the hospital, as you work as a nurse, the ministry delivers blessings into your life. That is why God doesn't change his mind. Even when you fall away, he's waiting for you to return. Because your call is there waiting for you. Some never return. And they go and begin another life outside God's will. When God calls you, any life you live outside the call is not in his will. So when you stray away, it's important you find your way back because the call is your life. It's your life. If you stray away for 10 years, it won't change the fact that God's call. In fact, the the work he has for you will be waiting for you. If it was 10 questions and you stopped at question 2B and you went to spend 10 years 
in another life, you may never return. It hasn't changed the mind of God that he has assigned 10 questions to you. When you return after 20 years, you will start from question 2B. You start from question 2B. Jonah is the best example we can give ourselves. He strayed away. Instead of going towards the east, he chose the west. Bishop Nyanjedi, you are welcome. Let's appreciate him. We have have just begun. (laughs) He chose the west. He went on his own, created problems on a ship. Look, if you move away from the call, you are creating problems for yourself. That's why I'm happy we are here to learn about the call. He was thrown into the sea. A whale swallowed him. And we know, as we read our Bible, that Jonah did not just enter a whale's belly and come out. From the whale's belly, he went to the heart of the earth. Yes. He descended, which means he died. Because you can't be in a whale's belly for three days and survive. You have to die and resurrect. That's why Jesus likened his resurrection to the three days Jonah spent. As Jonah was in the belly. That was a type of resurrection Jonah had. When he resurrected and he came back to his senses and went back to God. What did God do? He said, question 2B. Before you, 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 you strayed away, you were on your way to where? Nineveh. So please, continue the work. Oh, by the way, and the message I gave you before you began to fool around is the same message. I, I don't change my mind when I give you a call. I don't change my mind. I don't change my mind. I don't change my mind. So people have died. Haven't ended that question to be. But they will answer before God. Some are alive. But instead of geography question 2B, they are answering civic education question 2B. So I'm very happy you are here this morning. And today is going to be an amazing day. Tomorrow day, it's, it's even something else. Yes. It's, it's something else. Be serious about the ministry. In case you are watching online and there's a call of God on your life, that is my admonition. Be serious. Be serious. The life of a person working in the bank who is called is different from the life of a person working in the bank who is not called. They are two different people. Their lives are two different lives. So when God calls you and you are a teacher, you don't follow your colleague who is not a called person to live like him. And even though you are a teacher, you are a nurse, you are in the bank, the call itself has blessings for your life. 
has things for your life. God doesn't take care of us only because we are full-time pastors. Hello? I said God doesn't, God is not in charge of only full-time pastors' lives. Because the only difference between a full-time pastor and a lay pastor is the source of that little salary. And no normal person ought to live on his salary. The only difference. There is no other difference. The only difference between a lay pastor and a full-time pastor is not the time spent on the job. Because there's even something called effective time. Our wedding, the book we use for, minister's handbook we use for engagements, dedicating shops, weddings, and so on. Bishop wrote that book on the first floor of the medical block. Yes. He was a doctor. Being paid by Kolebu. He wrote it. The wedding vows were written. I know the room. It is painted blue. First floor. He wasn't a full-time pastor. You have chosen to do a lay call. There are full-time pastors who are useless. Yes. I was in France with a lay pastor. Reverend Ben Johnson, he's one of the pastor of our Zurich branch. I mean, as he was telling me his itinerary, he works in the World Health Organization. I asked that, do you work? He said, yes, I work. Preaching in churches, moving all over Europe, has meetings. I don't have everything I, I, can, I can say in the microphone. A lay pastor, I'm telling you that if you count 1,000 full time pastors, only about 15 out of 1,000 full time pastors may be working more than that pastor. May. There is a reason why God calls us into full-time ministry. Very strategic reason. But being a lay pastor does not mean that you must work less. You have chosen that style of ministry. Major institutions and installations of not just lighthouse, many churches worldwide are manned by lay pastors because they can only be in that country as a lay person, employed as a banker, employed as a doctor, employed as a lawyer. You have chosen 
to let the precious ministry God gave you be done on Wednesday evening at a Basenta meeting. It's your choice. But from the beginning, it was not so. I was sitting with him in a car and he showed me a video. This was Saturday or so. We were in France and he showed me a video of an outreach that his young members, he, he he has started another youth service that meets on Friday evenings. And he said two months ago, he told them that have an outreach, have a musical concert. He was not there. As they were having it, he was with me in Toulouse. Massive young boys and girls preaching, dancing. I mean, is the heart. Is the heart. There are pastors here. Maybe there are a few online. You claim you are in full-time ministry. You've stopped your work. You were something working with IRS. You stopped. You were a teacher. You've stopped. You were this. You've stopped. You are now giving yourself all to full-time ministry. Only to have one church service on Sunday. That, that, that's, your, that's why you have stopped working at IRS. You preach only twice a week. Should that be a reason why a grown-up should leave IRS? Should that be a reason why a grown-up should leave IRS? Our hearts are not right. Our hearts. It has more to do with our hearts than knowledge. If your heart is not right, knowledge, nothing overrides the state of the heart. It is when the heart is right that knowledge. Maybe I, I, let's call singers to sing. But I don't think that, I don't feel I'm in a conference that like you, you are with me. I feel I'm talking to myself. I feel I'm talking to myself. This morning we are going to look at the heart. Of course. It is when your heart is right that every good resource will be made available to you. It's like somebody whose heart is polluted. It is only when your heart is already polluted that you notice things as mistakes.
what you are noticing, somebody hasn't noticed it. You are already framed with evil. That's why you can notice this. Be whatever this. I'm, I wasn't happy about this. This was done like God. The heart itself is a destroyed heart. Polluted heart. It's the same. I'm just giving you the 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 the, the flip side. When your heart is good, also you notice messages. You notice podcasts. You notice that no, I must follow this pastor. I must be his friend. If your heart is not right in the ministry, there's nothing. There's nothing. Some of us might as well call ourselves full-time movie watchers. Full-time what? This morning, you see, the, the reason why I'm teaching what I'm teaching from this book is that it's like loyalty and disloyalty. You may be a pastor in a church with disloyalty around you, but because you've not been taught it, you don't know what is happening. You know there's something going on, but you can't give it a name. You don't know. That's why in medicine, to be able to diagnose a disease is about 80% of the treatment. In fact, you can even diagnose without even treating. Once you know that, that's why Christ has the demon. What is your name? So it's important that we give names to our behaviors. It's very important because, see, I'm, I'm telling you, a lot of people are very good people. Without any dark motive. But they don't know that what they are doing is called this. So this morning, I'm only, all I'm doing is that I'm going to be reading names to you. Names. So that, because, because, because your, your ministry is not different from your heart. The size of your fist is the size of your heart. The work of your hands is is the work of your heart. My ministry resembles my heart. If I have a wicked heart, that is my ministry. You will never have anything that is different from your heart. Because just as the normal human body, the life of the body is in the state of the heart. So a lot of things are going on in your life. You are blaming your uncle. You are blaming your workers. You are blaming your assistant. You are blaming your head pastor. You are blaming your wife. You are blaming your husband. But what you don't know is that it is the state of your heart. So I owe you a responsibility. Having all the teachings in the world on your iPad or your phone will not change your ministry. No. It has to be in your heart. That's why I ask for God. In fact, even, even 
once he sees your heart, you don't even need to perform anything. Like, like once he sees that your heart is after that man's wife, it's enough. You don't have to sleep with her. You don't have to sleep with her. You, you, are, you are an adulterer. All you need is that your heart should chase after the girl. That's all. You don't need to sleep with her. I mean, think of it. How, how many people can have the chance to commit adultery? Physically as in, in the acts. But God has already put you on lists. Different lists. There are pastors with 15 member church, 20 member church, but God sees them as great pastors because of the heart. There's a sense in which we build a big church. We build for God. We build when we do the things. That is what we must do. But some one or two in 10,000, they may not even build much, but they, God told this boy uh, what is his name uh, um, uh, um, this man called David he said once it was in your heart to build this temple you've done it, you've done well you are not, you've done well the same way somebody who builds the temple will be told well done once it was in your heart to build it, you built it. So, so your heart is very, very, very responsible for the outcomes of your life. Stop blaming your husband. Don't blame your husband. Don't blame your wife. Don't blame your head pastor. You are the one. It's your heart. It's your heart. The ministry you have, the life you have. The call, your ministry, the anointing, whatever is coming out of you, you are the architect of it based on your heart. But I have good news for you. Because as I preach and you discover that you have a certain type of heart, just activate 510. 5110, Psalm 51, verse 10. 5110. Just activate it. Create in me a clean heart. So as I'm teaching, you should be reciting this verse. As I'm teaching, you should also be muttering it in your throat. And renew a right spirit. Once I mention it, I say, this is how I am, then there's a problem. Why? Why is the shepherd's heart important? I am a shepherd. You are a shepherd. Why is your heart important? Number one. (laughs) The shepherd's heart is important because 
there's a strong admonition to guard it. It's not every house you see in Kanda or Cantonment or Laboni that you see a police officer or a soldier in front. Not every house. Most of us here, where we stay, it's not guarded. Like Bishop Nee was telling us that even when he was in some, one, some flat somewhere, wherever, there was a policeman there. But it's not everywhere you find police. Anywhere you see police guarding the place, that place must be an important place. Either the building itself is very important or an important person is inside it. So if you go around now, if you can get up and walk around, you will not see police people here. Yeah. But if this evening the president comes here, you see police soldiers on the stage. Because there is no sense to guard anything that has no value. Proverbs 4.23 This is the verse I'm using to teach this short one before I move to the main thing. Keep thy heart with all diligence. That's all. Other translation will say, guard your heart. Why should you guard it? Because <laughs> it's a very important installation in your life. The strong admonition in the Bible to protect the heart reveals how important it is. Your heart is very important. Why? Why? Why is it important? Because the Bible is telling us, number one, to guard it. You guard important things. So I'm saying to you, my sister, your life has many parts, but your heart, we are not told to guard our feet. The Bible describes body parts. Ephesians describes body parts, feet, loins, chest, face, tongue. All these body parts are in the Bible. Breasts are in the Bible. Eyes in the Bible. Mouth, nostrils in the Bible. Hands, feet, legs are in the Bible. None of these body parts has been has been the subject of importance to be guarded, except the heart. If you are a woman, your heart is more important than the size of your breast in getting a husband. If you are a woman, the size or the type of heart you have is more important than your face in getting favor or a job or promotion. If you are a man and you are going for an interview, in fact, the real jobs, there are no interviews. Any job you are interviewed on, it's not a very important job. 
discussions. First of all, you, you get the job already on the golf course or your cousin or your uncle, whatever. How you're giving it to you with it. Then there's some formal, formal something to take pictures and fill forms. That's why I, I'm, 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 I'm not sure of it. Any job you get by writing application is not a proper job. It's a very low class job. The real jobs, they tell you to write. I said your heart is more important than your face. How you smile, how you sit and compose yourself like a Wesley girl's girl. All, 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 your heart, I said your heart, eh, I'm telling you, you are not asked to guard your legs. You are not asked to guard your, your whatever. It's your heart. That's why it's important. The pastor's heart is important because it is the source of all that he ministers. <laughs> Everything you are preaching, can you see me? I'm holding a book. I'm not preaching from a book. No proper preaching is from a book. <laughs> That's no proper preaching from a book. I, I can be giving the points. I'll be preaching the points. But the real substance of my ministration is not from the pages of a book. It can be. That's why if I give this book to you, to you, to you, to you, to stand here, we will say different things based on our hearts. Out of it. Out of your heart. You minister out of your heart. You don't minister out of a manual. You don't minister out of a book. This one is just an introduction. I want to just get your attention before I go into diseases of the heart. The pastor's heart is important because it is the source of all issues and problems. Is there? <laughs> Most of the problems that that we have emanate from the heart. But we'll get there. That is why problems must be solved at the heart level. You don't solve problems at the books level. You don't solve problems. Look, you can have this conference without even mentioning that there's Macarius here. If your heart is right, you want to go and inquire. We saw some yellow box on the stage. What is it? I want it. When your heart is right, that's why Bishop is saying that problems must be solved at the heart I've been privileged to spend over four decades in the kingdom as a Christian there is no person living or dead who can say that he taught me about tithing to pay tithes there's nobody living or dead I have not needed to be taught about Titan before I pay my tithe. I've got a tithe in my office to pay. When I look at the money, (laughs) 
Esse é o lixo. Esse é o lixo. But you, to, this evening or tomorrow, make sure you are here. Yeah. I will teach you about passivity. It's a teaching. It's going to be a session. Problems must be solved at the heart level. When you've spent four years insulting your husband, that he said, Jimakla, it's not kneeling down that solves the problem. It's your heart, right? Pastor, solve the empty chairs in your church. At the heart level. Stop giving instructions to your leaders to go and do outreach and bring members. Learn it. I'm also learning it. I'm not preaching to you. We are here. We are together. One person must read. That's why I'm the one reading. I'm also learning. I'm learning to solve problems at the heart level. Problems which are not solved at the heart level. That's why preaching to your church to pay tithes is not solving a problem at the heart level. You see that that man tithe will go up. The following man tithe will go up. But that's it. Then you come again. That is, that is actually the meaning of passivity. But wait for a session coming close. Do you have any problem in your life? Is there any problem in your ministry? Solve it at the heart level. It's a more permanent waste. Not a waste of your time. More permanent use of your time. Don't solve problems at the head level or at the knee level. Kneel down now. When a husband and his wife are not talking and they meet elders and they finish talking, they say, hug him. Hug yourselves. A hug? At the flesh level. Problems are solved at the heart level. You can take this one to the bank. Problems are solved where? Because the issues of life did not come from the woman's knees. The pastor's heart is important because it influences everything in life. The living Bible of this verse, version of this verse, TLB, I don't know if they even have it, but the living Bible says, Above all else, not the New Living Translation, the Living Bible. Above all else, guard your affections. For they influence everything else in your life. Everything else in your life is influenced by your heart. 
how your bedroom looks like is a result of your heart. Yes. How you preach is a result of your heart. Everything else that you have, I'm preaching this morning at this time, you are sleeping in front of me. Because your heart is that. We'll come there. Everything else means your choir is influenced by your heart. Your singer, even the person you've chosen to sing for you is a reflection of your heart. Everything else. Why you've chosen to plant your church is because of your heart. That's why you will leave Oyibi, Amrahia, Ayimensa, and you want to have a church in East Legon because your heart is a money heart. Yes! A money hat. The pastor's heart is important because that is where life begins. <laughs> the message Bible of this verse. I hope they have it. The message Bible. MSG. Yes. It said, keep vigilant. Watch over your heart. That's where life starts. Your ministry did not start when they gave you a certificate. Your ministry did not start when they appointed you or ordained you or consecrated you. Your ministry began from your heart long before your ordination. You had already determined your ministry. I have been very surprised in this church. This is where I pastor. It's just recently I got to know certain uh, 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 leaders in my church have not even been appointed pastors. I thought they were pastors. You don't need no title to work. Some of my best workers in this church, we've not been even appointed them as pastors. And those who've appointed them and have ordained them are now on retirement. With big stomachs. I shouldn't say it. I was given a list of pastors to appoint next two weeks or so. I, when I saw the list, I got tired. I became tired. I, I, I became breathless. I said, This is also another useless adventure. Useless. Useless adventure. Over 30 years ago, I, I told my listeners, I said, call me Mester. When you see my work, you will give me a title. Over 30 years ago, I was saying So when you meet people who are very title conscious, very conscious that, ah, but we were all ordained 
uh, uh, four years ago, how come you have been ordained? Uh, we're all appointed four years ago. How come you are a reverend and I'm still a pastor? What is going on? I, when you meet people like that, they, they are title lovers and not work lovers. You appoint somebody, he's a shepherd, you appoint him a pastor, then he passes a snide remark. Oh, but this appointment is overdue. Wow. Yes. You will know what I know. It's overdue. It's overdue. And when you go into the person's work, it's just English language and all types of things. That's not much. You don't see much. You don't see much. The people who fill this hall on Sundays are not pastors. In fact, there are some of them I've had to deliberately remove from under certain pastors so they can work well. Honey, ministry doesn't start with appointments. Wake up! Your ministry starts from your heart. When you sat in your car with that brother and you were discussing a pastor who has done nothing to you, only good things he has done for you. When you had that discussion, that's when your ministry began. Pastor's heart is important because it is an unknowable element. Jeremiah 17 verse 9. King James. We do not even know our hearts. It is difficult to know what is in your own heart. How important it is to search your heart until you are sure of what is in it. Many of us don't know what is in our hearts. Could there be evil things in my heart as I stand here that are working against me negatively? Yes, there could be. And that's why it says the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? So a lot of things going on in your life you don't understand. A lot of the mysteries are mysteries because they are are, are from your heart. And you don't know how your heart, even the state of your heart, to even make a diagnosis. So we'll get there. The pastor's heart is important because it is a treasure box containing many good things. Many, many good things. Matthew 12, verse 35. A good man, out of the good treasure of the heart, bringeth forth good things. Beautiful. A treasure is a collection of valuable and sometimes old objects. The heart has a collection of valuable, important things that have been there for a long time. The heart is hidden from our view, even though it contains many valuable things. 
there are great things in your heart. That's why you must move around and join yourself to people who stir up the good things in your heart. I'll take it again. There are good, tell anybody there are good things in your heart. Tell a person, tell another person, you have no idea how good you are. That's why we join ourselves. Yesterday, one of the most important things I shared with you yesterday, the whole of yesterday, was First Peter 5 8. Be sober. And the, the, the most important word to me, the new word to me yesterday, was vigilant. But you understand it. There are good things in your heart. And there are wicked things in your heart. I've gone to the next point. Sir, everybody here, there is fornication in your heart. If you are married, then yours is adultery in your heart and there is also righteousness in your heart I don't know how to preach this message I need help somebody should take over and preach it for me I don't know what to do Matthew 12.35 a good man out of the good treasure. Have you seen it? Eh? The good treasure. Then the next verse from the next point. That a pastor's heart is important because it is also a source of many evil things. Mark 7 21. Mark 7. For from within, out of the liver of men. Out of the kidneys of men. Sorry, out of the joints. Out of the brain of men. Out of the what? The heart of men. Proceed evil thoughts. Can I teach a little? I know it's a conference. Am I allowed to teach just a little before I go back? Yes. Today, I'm making an announcement. All those online. You are a man of opposites. It's called, you you are full of contradictions. You have it in you to pay tithes. You have it in you to give to God. And you also have it in you to steal from God. I'm getting some feelings now. I don't know where the feelings are coming from. You have in you both loyalty and disloyalty. 
And the icon of that contradiction was Job. Uh, Joab. Very loyal to David. There are people like that. Very loyal. Very loyal. You see, even the pastor's picture is on their DP. But very disloyal. Look, Joab stood by David in the most difficult times. As he was by him, he was also making comments. Joab's, one of the things to know about Joab's is their extreme loyalty and extreme disloyalty veiled as humility. In the forest of Israel, when the man told Joab that, ah, but I was there, when the king told you and Abishai and what is his name, that when you see his son, don't kill him. I was there. I was there. It's not a news. I was there. So, nonsense. Give me three daggers. The comment he made to that man, you should read it. Joab, he fought for David. He fought for David. In the last days of David, David was in this room with Abishai. And they came to tell him that his son Adonijah has now made himself king. Ah, how? 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 Adonijah? But who emboldened Adonijah? You can imagine. Joab. Joab's Adonijah's general was Joab. That, that's how his life ended. That's how he was killed. That's how he was murdered. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, I, I, I think yesterday I, I was telling you when these stories were going on on social media about this, uh, I mean, uh, pastors and bishops going rogue. And all that. Tell us what to me. So I, should, I don't want to catch you reading even one sentence of the, the, the things on the internet. I, I can tell you, I have never read even one article from Ford Foundation or whatever foundation. Not one. Because when I saw the type of people who had risen up against their father, I was afraid. I can show you their videos. Preaching. When I finished university, I worked as a doctor for 14 years before common sense entered my head to come full time. Some of these guys from school, straight to ministry. Very cold. Very loyal. Very loving. And within all of us here, you have it. You have loyalty in you. And you have disloyalty in you. That is why one of the big teachings in, loyal, in, the, in the loyalty message is that loyalty today does not mean loyalty tomorrow. Everybody, I have disloyalty in me. 
I have it in me to minister to young girls, shield them, protect them, bring them up into good women, good wives, hand them over to my sons and marry. I have it also in me to sleep with them. I have it. So, because of these contradictions, what do we do? Like Paul said, what manner of life ought ye to live? Since we know that you are very loyal, but we will be shocked to hear the comments that would come from you. You yourself will not believe the things you have said. Some of you have said things about me, but you are here. You are the first to arrive here today. Some of you are online. So let me land. How do you now, since there's both good and evil in us, what do we do? What do we do is very easy. What do we do is that verse I read in Isaiah 7 15. Isaiah 7 15. That's the verse. What do you do? The answer is Isaiah 7 15. Go near, embrace, flow with good people. And do not go near evil people because whoever you make contact with will stir up what is appropriate in you. If you join yourself to a talker of negative things, the negative things in you will come out. You have no idea how sexy you can be. That's why you must not bring sexy girls near you. That's all. To activate because it's there. It's there. Like, like can I tell you, say, he's there. The greater one, he's there. He's in you. He's in you. The devil is also there. Evil spirits are there. Lusts are there. You wait, I'm, I'm about to read it. They are there. But who you join yourself with, the circles you find yourself in, the choices you make, will make sure that the good only comes out. That's why I will not spend even 10 minutes talking to, to, to a Joab. I can hate my wife and be divorced by next year if I join myself to certain conversations. And I can love my, life, my wife and die in her arms if I join certain groups and certain circles and certain environments you can be both sexy and a saint depending on the group you join and when I say the group I don't mean only human beings I mean the books you read the, 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 the websites you visit the Facebook pages you, you, you visit the reels you watch the, the things you do they are either staring up the good I mean think of it the rich man, the richest man you know, also is very poor. I don't know whether I'm talking to myself. I should. Preach! I, I think Bishop Nyajedu preaches far better, so maybe we should invite him to take over and really. He, when, he ministers practical things to us. Everybody 
has righteousness and, and unrighteousness in him. Why? Do you know something? You know why? Because you are a human being. First of all, that's it. Luke eleven thirteen, Jesus' words. Luke eleven thirteen. You know synonyms? Synonyms, synonyms. Words which have the same meaning, different words, the same meaning. So you say, you say, if ye then, being evil. That word evil shouldn't have been there. The, the, the right word there should have been human beings or men. Because he was talking about if you were a man, your son asked for bread, will you give him a stone? He asked for fish, will you give him a snake? He asked for egg, will you give him a scorpion? That's what men. I mean, my, my son asked for bread, I won't give what. So, so, so it should have been, ah, he's there. So go back again, you see there. He's there. He's there. If a son shall ask for bread, this is 11 11. That is a father. Will you give a stone? If you ask a fish, will you give him a serpent? If you ask an egg, will you offer a scorpion? So, the right way should have been, if you then, being humans, being ordinary fathers, being earthly fathers, know how much, know how to give good gifts, how much more your heavenly father. So, the real way should have been, if you then, being earthly fathers, being humans, being ordinary people. But Jesus had used all these words. So, you know, any, any good... Um, Orator uses different words depending on the time. So he was looking for the word, the, the synonym for human being. Yes, the synonym for a human father, earthly father. The, another word for a human being is evil. Any human being you know is evil, including me. I personally don't expect much from human beings. I don't expect much. That's why anything I get from a human being, I'm very grateful. Very, I don't expect much. Hey, say something. I've, 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 I've received enough betrayal, enough insult, enough ingratitude, enough treachery, enough for, to, to know that human beings walking around. I, look, even when somebody... I, I, won't, I, won't, I won't say that. I won't continue. There's righteousness in you. And there's wickedness in you. As you see her smiling nicely like an angel. If I ask her name now, you will see how she will even mention her name. But you will not believe how she was shouting at home this morning. Announcement. There's evil in us. And there's righteousness in us. I have evil in me. I have disloyalty in me. I have loyalty in me. I have goodness in me. What do I do? What do I do? I I have to go to the places that stir up the good. I can go to the places that stir up the sexiness. I can read books. I can visit websites. I can watch pornography. Pornography doesn't add anything to your life. It only generates what is already sitting there. Now, I was talking about poverty. A typical one is poverty. Did you know that every rich man is poor? But some people will live for 100 years and never be poor. Never. Only money, helicopter, bends, what? Yachts. Yachts. Curls on the hair, nice shoes. 
until they die. Even the coffin is marble or marbles. Yes, sir. But as he's sitting in his Bentley, he also has poverty. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs, it says, a little sleep. A little slumber. A little folding of the hand to sleep. Look at the next verse. So shall thy poverty come. So everybody has poverty. But some, their poverty will never come. Because they have not done the things that trigger poverty. Everybody has poverty. I have poverty. You have it. But some people, their lifestyles trigger poverty. Is there? The, the big word in Proverbs 6.11 is die. It didn't say, so shall poverty come. Die poverty. So everybody has his poverty. Every man has his fornication. Every married man has his adultery. Every married woman has her adultery. But some will never come in 200 years. Why? Because they do the things that do not stir up. Why should you protect your heart? Protect your heart because there's evil in you. Period. Mark 7, 21. You are a human being. You don't only have righteousness in you. There's evil in you. In fact, when Jesus had the chance to choose righteous and evil, he chose evil. So it will help you to see yourself as evil and not go near the things that stir up the evil. That's why Joseph did not bind Potiphar's wife. He ran away. Because if he had stayed in that room, I mean, the possibility that he had an erection when he was leaving is about 98%. Because no matter what the shape or the size or whatever, whether it's flabby or nice or toned or whatever, anything that is new is nice to a man. Once it's new, once I've not seen some before. That's why I say when you are watching a movie and you are having sex, suddenly you can't find the remote control. You are looking, you can't find it. Ah, why is the remote? So am I saying something offensive? You can love him for the rest of your life. You can also hate him for the rest of your life. I have enough in me. Even I mean, you look at, I call myself a pastor. Look at even the preaching I'm preaching. A grown up pastor, Holy Spirit filled. Look at how I'm preaching. If you don't like me, you, you, some of you are hating me already. 
People come on like, oh, that foolish man again. <laughs> Have it in me. You can love me or hate me. It depends on what is already in your heart. The pastor's heart is important because it can be a residence for God. Hello? Hello? No, the topic I'm ending now, then I'm going to the next one. Why is a shepherd's heart important? A, B, C, D. One of them is that your heart, my heart, our heart, her heart is important because it can be a residence for God. God can stay in your heart. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 3, verse 17. Ephesians 3 verse 17 That Christ Jesus May dwell In your Hearts By faith That ye Being rooted And grounded In love But note it That Christ may dwell In your heart Why is your heart important? Why is your heart important? Because it can be a residence for God. <laughs> he can stay. He's there. He's there. God is there. That's why it is important. There's no scripture that says Christ may dwell in your kidneys. Your spiritual kidneys, that is. But the pastor's heart is also important because it can be a residence for demons. Matthew 12 and 43. Then I want to start the real message. When the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, he walketh through dry places seeking rest and findeth none. 44. Then he said, I'll return into my house. Not, Not into the house. My house. From whence I came out. And when he is come, he findeth it empty, swept, and garnished. 45. Then goeth he, and taketh with him seven other spirits more wicked than him. And they enter and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. Even so shall it be unto this wicked generation. Demons can dwell in your heart. So don't be too sure. Why am I teaching all these things? First of all, the reason why I'm teaching is that for for, for a reason I don't know. Because if if I were the writer of the Macarius library, I would have put a a, a section like this in the book, He That Hath. I mean, it beats my mind that this section on the heart is in the art of shepherding. It must instruct you greatly. That your shepherding is actually emanating from your heart. So, without wasting much time, let's go to Beware 
of developing a negative heart. You can develop a negative heart. But when you began, you have a good heart. And as I read the points, always remember 5110. As I talk about it, say, creating me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit. Because God can make your heart again. I said, God can create again. The person who is speaking is a human being with a heart already. But he's asking God to create a clean heart because the old one has spoiled, has turned left. Say mercy. Say mercy. So it's not as hopeless as you may think it is. But I need to give names. Today's session is name calling. Identifying. In medicine, in in our exams, we had a whole section called steeple chase. Steeple chase. Giving names to parts of the body. Giving names to diseases. not, Not treatment. Name. Call it what it is. Because they are very different types of hearts. Number one. Esther 7 verse 5. Then King Ahasuerus answered and said unto Esther the queen, Who is he? And where is he? That dost presume in his heart to do so. Esther was reporting a wicked man. And the king said, who are you describing to me? What are you saying? Where where is the person who is presuming? So the first type of heart you should watch out for is you must beware of a presumptuous heart. A presumptuous heart is an overconfident forward heart. That is built on going beyond the limit of what is appropriate or acceptable. A presumptuous heart arrogantly assumes that privileges must be given to him. Beware. You can presume. I was having a chat with my big brother yesterday and I was telling him for experience I had uh, recently. But as I read it, it bordered on a presumptuous heart. I almost suffered this problem. Yes. Presumptuous. That's what actually worried Naaman. But I thought he would come out and talk to me. So let me read again. A presumptuous heart is an overconfident forward heart. In case you don't understand, 
that is built on going beyond the limit of what is appropriate or acceptable. Then the big one comes. A presumptuous heart arrogantly assumes that privileges must be given to him. Assumption of privileges. And you are assuming privileges because you are, you are overconfident. And your tendency is to go beyond the limit of what is acceptable or appropriate. It's a time of heart. Yes. I sent you a text message. You saw it and you didn't reply. Do I owe you a response? I saw somebody had tweeted recently about people it's, it's people who send messages and then they go and ask, but you saw it, why haven't you said, do, do, why, why, why do you think that I live on social media to be, to be responding to text messages? Yes. If you text somebody and the person responds, see it as a privilege. I'm preaching. If your heart is not right, an evil spirit will enter you. Because all these types of hearts I'm about to read are doors to demons. Once they see that you are the presumptuous type that we came for the conference and when they left, he went out, he should have waited to, to greet us, should have waited to see us, to see us. Then evil spirits, ah, we found one, let's go! Because they also do evangelism. Let's go! Presumptuous? Do you know what I'm going through in my body now as I'm preaching to you? Do I owe you a conference? You should even be grateful. This meeting I'm having, I could have been in Mampa with my leader. I also have empty chairs in my church. I could have been in Mampa with my leaders, teaching them, building them, praying with them, talking to them. What are you talking about? And there are people who assume privileges. Wives assume privileges. A little elevation and it becomes a mental condition. And the man cannot build his church anymore. The man cannot take decisions anymore. Why is this the one singing? Why did you call this one? Why are you having this meeting? Why are you late? Presumptuous hearts and it's a major door to demons. myself. I insulted myself a few days ago. Sometimes you must insult yourself. Otherwise somebody will make a mess of your life. Will come and give you ideas. Like the serpent came to the garden and gave Eve ideas. In the, in the hospital, that's how we work. When we are going on world rounds, the one who is presenting the case will say, the first sentence, patient was well until two weeks ago when he began to have right-sided headaches. Then he began to have weakness in the left leg. He went to the lower hospital and was given this and this. But two days after, 
He had this and that. But always, everybody is well until. Everybody is well. Every wife is well. Every pastor is well. Every husband is well. Every daughter is well. Every son is well. Until. The Bible says about Judas. And the devil haven't put it into the heart of Judas. He put it into it. That's why you must guard your heart. Everybody is well. Until. I said everybody is well. Until. May your until never come. I said may your until never come. And if you sense it coming. Talk to yourself. Hey. Ezekiel you are going mad. Martha, you are going mad. On the golf course, we talk to ourselves. We insult ourselves sometimes. You play a shot that you, 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 even a giraffe could not play. You call us, ah, Edwin, what is wrong with you? And some of you must start insulting yourselves. Because Satan is after you. He wants to spoil you. He wants to spoil your ministry. He wants to end your great life. He wants to scatter your home. I'm telling you, he wants to spoil your home. He wants your son to turn left. Your daughter to turn right. Your wife to turn east. Beware! Presumptuous. It's the first door. I'm even talking about, you read my message and you didn't respond. Some say you didn't read my message. Yes. There's nothing I'm preaching about. There is no, when you hear the word fox or something, there, there's nothing I'm preaching about. That is not real. That, that's not true. Including that I insulted myself a few days ago. Yes, believe me. Because an evil spirit was about to manifest. Because we are evil. All you need is an experience, a bad experience, to bring the evil in you. That's all. If the things I was expecting had happened, those thoughts would never have come. All you need is an experience. It's an incident. It's a word. It's 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 an attitude. Like I'm preaching now. I could have stood here. I could have stood here. Now I've come. And I'm standing in front of you. And I'm talking about adultery. Now everybody thinks that you are the one sleeping with somebody's wife. Then it... Because the evil is there. They say a goat can never back, no matter how you beat it. Because it's not in him. You have no idea how sexy you are. As you are sitting there looking sleepy like an old man, a girl can just shake her waist in front of you for what has never risen in 10 years. Will rise and shine. Can you sit down? I feel dizzy when you stand. Yeah, everybody stands when he's preaching. I'm only when I stood up, he says he feels dizzy. Because when I stand up, it's like my presence challenges him. Because people like me more than him. 
Number two, beware of a despising heart. A despising heart is a heart that is full of scorn. A person with a despising heart looks down on people and has a low opinion of others. Hmm. Tell your neighbor, be careful. Say, be careful. Proverbs chapter 5 and verse 12. And say, how have I hated instruction? And my heart despised reproof. See, my heart despised. Your heart can despise somebody. Now, I'll tell you, as we live on, as we live on, you are going to hear stories about your neighbor. Somebody's weakness will be known to you. Somebody's difficulty will come to your attention. Somebody's whatever. Be very careful. Because you see, despising a despising heart is actually a proud heart. Supposing I hear that a brother has gone to commit fornication. How I relate with that brother will determine whether I feel that I can never do what he has done. There are some of you who think that certain weaknesses are below you. But God will bring you literally on your knees. You can enter into somebody's church and despise the pastor. What, what, what is this? What type of church is this? Are you normal? Are you whatever? Be careful. It's only I said you feel that you, have, you are above that. But you see, go and ask in the book of Nazar. God humbled him. Beware of an abominable heart. Proverbs 20, 25. When he speaketh, Proverbs 26, sorry, 25. Proverbs 26, 25. When he speaketh fair, believe him not. For there are seven abominations in his heart. And and I'm advising somebody who is watching online. Don't let your relationships with people end at the level of words, of their words. Look for more than people's words. That's all I will add. I'm not charging. I'm charging for everything. But this one, I'm not charging you for it. Your employee, your employer, your boss, your servant, your friend, your husband, your wife. Learn it today. Don't let your relationships end at the level of people's words. Because there are people who know how to speak fair. Especially if they are typing the text. Because they have edited and done all manner of things. Especially if they are ed- if they are typing the text. Never take a text message by its value. Never. 
Because me, it's not even everybody when I'm texting. I just go to WhatsApp and text. It depends on the person. When he speaketh fair. All right, all right. Let's say we don't understand. Can I, can I have another translation? New Living Translation, something. They pretend to be kind. I don't believe them. Their hearts are full of many evils. New American Standard Bible. When he speaks graciously, do not believe him. For they are seven. God knows the heart. God has counted. He didn't say six or five or two. Seven abominations are in his heart. As he's sitting in front of you, speaking as if he has regretted, or he, oh, let, let's let's end it, or it's what well, there, there's no problem. There are seven abominations in his heart. So you learn always to be gracious with the words of people. You receive the words. You acknowledge the words. But you look beyond the person's behavior. Because there's a saying that what you are doing is so loud that I can't hear what you are saying. What you are doing is so loud that I cannot hear what you are saying. Thank you. I'm sure you've heard this before. Mm. Okay. Are you a Ghanaian? You're from Togo. Ghana? Okay. When he speaks graciously, don't mind him. Oh, Bishop. You are thirsty. Can I, can, I, can, I, can I serve you with some water? Oh, please have this. And I'll be at the, on the third row. If you need anything, you can just... When you turn your neck this way, I will understand it and come and serve you. All the parts of my body, it's only my lips you saw that was dry. When she speaks nicely, don't mind her. There's adultery in her heart. There's wickedness in her heart. There is betrayal in her heart. May you not give yourself to anybody you must not give yourself to. And many of us, our ministries are not growing well because there are abominations in our hearts. Even how you have treated the person who gave birth to you spiritually. That's this even just one of, of the seven counts. Just one count. It's an abomination. I mean, as you are sitting here, your spiritual father is grieving in his office. When he goes on the internet and sees your singer that he raised. And now all he has are these fiangel, fiangel girls. Do you know fiangel? <laughs> his heart is breaking. There's abomination in your heart. What you are doing with that woman? She's not married. She's not somebody's wife. She's not married. But it's an abomination. I'm addressing you. It's an abomination. There's abomination in your heart. That's what I'm teaching you. To know that 
there can be things which cannot be said going on in your heart. So you preach at the crusade. The members come, converts come. You bring them to church and they vanish. And when they are vanishing, even other stable members go with them. Nothing you are doing is working. Put your message on the internet and see the likes. A good preacher, good understanding of the word of God, but nothing works. Because your ministry is issuing out of your heart and your heart has got seven abominations. I shouldn't preach, you see. Then let's end the conference. We'll give a new date next year so we come. Beware of a despiteful heart. A despiteful heart is a heart that is full of malice and is motivated by spite. Ezekiel 25, 15. Thus said the Lord, because the Philistines have dealt by revenge and have taken vengeance with a despiteful heart. Spites, full of spites. Despiteful heart. Nothing is nice to you. Nothing is nice to you. Your church members are hungry. Some can't get food to eat. You are going to buy gold and put it in a cross. Jesus Christ, did he die on a golden cross? And we hear it's pure gold. Your mouth. Nothing is nice. Oh, no, what preaching is this? Oh, what's this? Because your heart is essential, you see, and, and the state of your heart will also make nothing you do nice to the people it ought to be nice to. Because you are your heart. You are your heart. God doesn't see your head. God doesn't, un- doesn't know. Yes, it's what, no hair on your head falls without God noticing it. But when he looks at you, he just looks straight into your heart. Ah, but, but even prophets, when they see, I mean, they, they just see a person. They, they don't see a man. They just see a problem. You see a pet, yes, you just you have a problem with here. This, 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 that, this, that. Just you see the person. Oh, this person has a health issue. Even, even in the hospital. That's why to manage a patient, you start by inspecting. Hmm? You don't touch a patient till you have inspected. Just by looking from head to toe, you can make a diagnosis. Sometimes even the breadth of the patient can give you. A diagnosis of a metabolic disorder. Just by looking at the face. The face. Just by looking at the texture of the hair. You can tell the person drinks alcohol. Oh, yes. Just by looking at the skin and seeing some web-like something. Oh, these are spider nevi. Spider nevi. So even in, the, in normal life, when you see somebody, you don't see a human being. You see a diagnosis. 
You see a diagnosis. You are your heart. Your church is your heart. The spite in you is what gives you that church you have. Number five. Beware of a beastly heart. A heart that is an ill-natured and cantankerous heart. It is a heart that exhibits a lack of human sensibilities. Daniel 4, verse 16. Beastly heart. Ill-natured. Daniel 4, 16. Let his heart be changed from man's and let a beast's heart be given to him. Some of you have got the heart of a beast. Yes, you lack sensibilities and sensitivities. Things that a normal human should have a feeling about. Things that even when you hear, you wow, how could this have happened? Let's pray for her. No. As the person is in the pit, that is when even you are now on a crusade. Oh, I love Jesus. He told us that if your enemy is hungry, Give him food. Yes. He he has never allowed us to treat our enemies the way they've treated us. And I love him for that. It elevates your life. It elevates your life. Number seven. Number six. Beware of an iniquitous heart. An iniquitous heart is characterized by injustice and wickedness. A wicked and a sinful heart. Psalm 41 verse 6. Iniquitous heart. And if he come to see me, he speaketh vanity. His heart gathereth iniquity. Wickedness. Wickedness. Ask your neighbor, what is in your heart? Your neighbor, ask your neighbor, what is in your heart? One brother has had so much sex with his church member that the people in the house, they call the girl's brother your (laughs) in-law. I I, I don't want to waste my time to explain to you. Yes. A sheep is following up. He He has finished her. So much that the, the girl's relatives are called in-laws. Iniquitous hearts. Sin. Make the Lord purge your heart. Because your heart is determining more about you than you understand. Wickedness. Your thoughts. Your thoughts. Cleanse my heart. Creating me a clean heart. Some of you have got iniquitous hearts. Another one, beware of a wicked heart. A wicked heart is a heart that is predisposed to mischief. Wicked heart is bad, 
A wicked heart is bad and deliberately harming, harmful to people. I will harm you. I will make you cry. I will make you sweat. Someone said, I will make it difficult for you to pastor the church. Yes. One person said, I will run you out of town. By the time I'm finished with you, by the time I'm done writing about you in the newspapers, you yourself will leave town. Wow! And I wonder such people, when they finish speaking this way, they, they, they go and start praying. Go and start praying. Make sure your heart is not a wicked heart. Bent on harming someone. Even if the person has harmed you, learn to forgive. Because the wicked heart is what you are doing the basenta with. So when we go for reviews and we see basentas and home cells and branches with numbers and all the details and data on the churches, what we don't know is that we are not looking at numbers. We are looking at hearts. Beware. Of a covetous heart. A covetous heart is a heart. That has a strong desire to acquire. And possess something that belongs to other people. 2 Peter 2.14 Having eyes full of adultery. That cannot cease from sin. Beguiling unstable souls. And hearts they have exercised. With covetous practices. You must have that pastor singer In your church Some of you are lasting After somebody's businessman Church member you are, you, you are using prophecies To take the person from his church You are covetous And the covetous heart doesn't build Doesn't build Beware Always trust God to give you your own wife one day. To give you your own car one day. To give you your own checks one day. To give you your own shoes one day. I said trust God. You see, covetousness is, is different from having admiration for something and desire. The Bible says that we must, we must covet the best gifts. Covet. Honestly, the best gift. But you don't covet something that by the time you have it, somebody has lost it. I'll take it again. Anything you covet that by the time you have it, somebody has lost something. Your heart is not a good heart. We are in Art of Shepherding Conference 2022. And I'm preaching from the book Art of Shepherding. And I'm dealing with hearts. And I'm now on a very important heart called the, what? The, the covetous heart. It's a type of heart that wants somebody's member, somebody's position, some, a favor somebody is enjoying. You say something. You see, I'll tell you. 
I want you to believe God. If God doesn't want someone to be somewhere, he knows how to remove the person. You won't need to lift a finger. Number nine. Sir, you you can read number nine. They may think I'm I'm lying. Number nine. This one. Mm -hmm. Beware of a blasphemous heart. There's a type of heart that blasphemes. Beware. Beware. Guard your heart from a blasphemous heart. A blasphemous heart is a heart that is grossly irreverent towards what is held to be sacred. It's a heart that is full of profanity and cursing. A heart that doesn't respect what everybody respects. It's a blasphemous heart. I've experienced all this in my lifetime. I'm not an old man. I've had people I have loved hang my underwear on the clothesline in social media. Underwear. I've seen it all. I've seen it all. I've seen some before. One pastor said, it's over for that man. It's over. But nobody can determine that it's over for you when God has not finished with you. Nobody, no devil in hell, no angel in heaven can say it is over. I pray that from today, you will have a heart that loves God, that is pure, and a heart God sees. As a heart he loves. It's never over with you. It's not over with you. See, I may not know what you are going through, but it's not over with you. Clap your hands and you'll be seated. I'm preaching. Things cannot, that cannot, even when you say it privately, you go and wash your mouth with debtor. You say it social media. You speak, you gather people and you speak. Wow. And then when you finish, you, you, you see, and, and it's, why am I carrying out this exercise? To let you know that all these things have names. And it is that heart that is producing things in your life. So nothing should be a mystery to you. Instead of having an honoring heart, you've chosen to have a blasphemous heart. Don't be surprised. What comes out? Beware. Of a hypocritical heart. Hypocritical heart. A hypocritical heart is a heart that professes virtues it does not have. You are saying things you don't do. Yes. It's a, and it's a, it's, it's, a ta- it's a heart you must not build a church with. Read the Gospels. Most of Jesus' fights were with hypocrites. 
So clearly, Jesus will not want you in his team. He will not want you in his team. He fights hypocrites. He faces hypocrites. He calls them white-washed tombs. Beware that you don't say things you don't do. A hypocritical heart is a heart of a pretender. I'm reading. A hypocritical heart pretends, is there? Pretends to have qualities, beliefs, and feelings that it does not really have. The hypocritical heart is the heart of a pretender. Yeah, you are pretending. Pretending you are like that. Pretending you have this. Pretending you are, you are, you are nice or pretending he's your friend. Meanwhile, in, just before you, you got down from your car, you were on the, on the phone with somebody. And the things you were saying about the person you are, just 10 minutes you are in front of him, smiling, sitting as if you, are, you, are, you have a good mind. Is that beware? There are seven abominations in him. If you are clapping, clap. Pretending. Pretend you pray. No, I don't pray. You see, there are some things as a pastor, you must do them, even if you don't like to do them, so that you don't appear to... You see, you see am I allowed to say something? Before I end my session? Or oh, I should stop now? You see, there are things we say with our mouths. And there are things we don't say. Mommy, I'm preaching dear. <laughs> Listen to this very important thing. Some of you feel you've gotten away with things, but you are actually a hypocrite. You are a pretender. In fact, the next one is beware of a deceitful heart. A deceitful heart is a heart that is false and insincere. Proverbs 12, 20 says, Deceit is in the heart of them that imagine evil. You see, it's not everything. Now, now, watch me. Look at me. You see, I'm having this conference. My name is Bishop Edwin Ogo. I'm sure you saw my picture on the billboard and on the flyers. So, I'm the convener of this conference. And the name of the conference is Art of Shepherding Conference. Oh, and by the way, I'm also the pastor of this church. Listen, that's all. That's all. Did I say I pray? Did I say I read my Bible? No. What did I say? I said I'm the pastor of this church. I said I'm the convener of this conference. By standing here in front of you, it is assumed that I pray. A pastor doing this should be a pastor who prays without saying I pray. So if I don't pray, I am a hypocrite. Yes. 
Even though I have not said I pray. I'm that, uh, it's expected. I'm talking about, you see, you can deceive without saying it. By saying I'm the pastor of this church. You expect, oh, and I saw, my wife will be coming today. Her name is Bridget Marian Emuna Ogo. Clap. Bridget Marian Emuna Ogo. All right. That's all. By what I have said, I'm the convener of this conference. I'm the pastor of this church. And this is my wife, Bridget Marian Emuna Ogo. What does it mean? What does it mean? Have I told you that I'm sleeping with this girl? I've not said it. I only said I'm the pastor of this church and my wife is lady pastor. So without saying it, you expect that I am not sleeping with this girl or that girl or that girl or that girl. So when as I'm a pastor of the church I'm also sexually involved With two choristers And one airport star And another member who is the pastor of the Saved Children's Church What am I doing? I'm deceiving you Now This is Bishop Dagwood Mills He's going somewhere said please go then I am with him actually can you please sit down bishop this is a bishop he's about to have a conference are you ready for what is going to happen today I know your ministry will never be the same again clap your hands for Jesus OEB this pastor's conference is going to be very powerful I know that your life has changed Yes, I know your life has changed. And in a few minutes, we are going to receive Evangelist Dagwood Mills. And as he's... Oh, clap your hands, clap your hands. And I want to remind you that there are books here. You must listen to them. The podcast is there. Listen. Get the videos. You know, these books are very important resources for every area of your ministry. And the man about to minister today... It's a man who started a little church from a small part of Accra. And that church has now grown to over 6,000 churches in close to 100 countries. I know your life will change. Ladies and gentlemen, if you are ready to receive, please help me and put your hands together to my pastor, my father, bishop, God, he would not. Keep clapping. That's all. Now, be seated. This is what I did. This is what I did. I finished. Did I say to you that I don't speak against him? When I was introducing him, did I say I don't speak against him? But you expect. You expect that somebody standing by him cannot be sitting in somebody's room talking about him. He's just, he's a wicked man. He's evil. He's that. So I'm saying that all 
I did was to, you see, by my very presence by his side, you expect something of me. And I will be deceiving you if I'm living a life that is not expected of a person standing by the bishop. Even if I have said it or have not said it. Pastor. By being the pastor of the church, we are expecting not to be sealing the offerings. By presenting yourself as a pastor, we are expecting that you are not beating your wife. I'm saying that a lot of things we do are things we do. You don't, you see, to be, to have a deceitful heart, you don't need to have said something that you are now changing. You see, appearances also speak. How can you be a, a, a shepherd, a leader? And th- there are three singers. You have done seven abortions with two of them. At 2 a.m., you are in your bed exchanging romantic text messages with the head of the lady's ashes. Do you expect a pastor to do this? No. So, I'm, see, what I'm, to- I'm talking about having a hypocritical heart. And your ministry is coming from it. So, what will happen is that you will also have a church full of hypocrites. Any impression you give people. I'm saying that as I'm having this conference, I've never told you I pray. I've never told you I worship. I've never told you I I fast. Uh, But you expect that I fast. Watch out. Your heart may be determining more. You see, and a lot of things, even the blood, it takes time for the things in the heart to arrive. That's why when you take paracetamol, welcome, Reverend Francis. When you take paracetamol, it takes 10 minutes or so before it starts working. It takes time before what is in your heart reaches certain places and begins to have an effect. So some of you have got hypocritical, deceiving hearts as shepherds, but so far, it's like things are fine. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. Let's clap our hands for the pastor. Watch out. Things take time. Things take time. As you are sitting there with abominations in you, your church may be growing. Yes. I was having a chat yesterday. Someone was telling me about the church which was growing. Now it is finished. And you can investigate for three years and never find why the church is not growing or is finished. But if you go in the hearts, the hearts, the heart does more than what you preach. 
is determining more about your life than what you preach. Beware of an envious, strifeful heart. It's a heart that is painfully desirous of another's advantages or achievements. And, I, and I've told you, what makes it, you see, we are supposed to covet and desire. If, if, if I know a pastor who has built a huge church, I would want to have a huge church. If I have a pastor who has a very nice instrumentalist keyboardist, I'll even film, take a film of him playing the keyboard and I'll go to my, back to my church and have a meeting with my keyboardist. There's nothing wrong with desiring. If I say that, endlessly covet. Now, it becomes evil when by the time you've had it, the person has lost it. That when you see my singer, you don't want to have a good singer like my singer. You want to have my singer. So, you, by the time you have it, I've lost. Not it. Don't forget it because these things end up playing out. Ah, I was, look, I, I was looking for that term. I was getting confused. I was, I was calling it first pa- uh, bypass. There's something called first path. First pass. First pass. Metabolism. The liver, when you take something, there's a first pass. It works on it. Then there's a second pass. It takes time before the things in the heart reach the real place. I said, there is nothing wrong with desiring an assistant like mine. But when your heart is for my assistant, she said, by the time you have yours, I've lost my own. Remember that your heart is about to create a ministry for you. And many of us are sitting and are going to experience things in our churches based on the type of heart you've built your church with. That's why the section of the heart by a man who has built over 6,000 churches and written books, sold over 40 million books, he chose the art of shepherding to put his teachings about the heart. Many of you are yet to experience the result of the type of heart you've had. I don't know whether you read history. You know, sometimes we tend to feel that we are the first to arrive. Like, nobody has seen your ministry before. You are the first to behave this way. Read your Bible carefully. I'm saying that anything you desire so much that by the time you have it, somebody has lost it. So it's like somebody has to lose it before you can have yours. You are a covetous person. You are a deceitful person. And your first pass metabolism is only what is causing the delay. The confusion you are about to have that's going to rise up in your midst. 
because you feel that you are the first pastor on earth. Last two. Beware of an evil heart. Because you are going to minister out of your evil heart. Remember, it is the blood the heart receives. That is the blood. No other blood. That's the blood that is pumped. So as you are pumping the message, as you are pumping prayer, as you are pumping prophecies, as you are pumping admonition, you don't know you are pumping evil. An evil heart is a wicked and malicious heart. It is characterized by anger and spite. Anger and spite. Listen, I'm ending. An evil heart is the cause and source of much destruction and harm. And the key words are anger. Remember I've talked about a spiteful heart looking condescendingly you have laughed at somebody's mistake hey you know there are some people when they make mistakes you should even be afraid of yourself for yourself really if this is true then I should be very careful because what is in that man is also in you. We are full of contradictions. And the, the environment we keep is what saves us. Yes. Many years ago, I was talking to a brother. We're in a church and the girl fornicated. And I was laughing at the girl openly in the meeting. And I said, you have not fornicated because the situation the girl experienced if you experience half of it you you will have your sex on a ladder you put a ladder in the bedroom and chalk your head up your legs up and let your head hang and let her roll in front of you I thought I was joking. I thought I was joking. The next time I heard, he was caught having sex on a staircase. Not a ladder, a staircase. Concrete ladder. (laughs) My sister, be calm. If you hear a story about a pastor, a pastor, especially a senior pastor, especially your father, your father, that one, anybody who insults his father or laughs at his father, the Bible has already promised that 
the birds will pluck your eyes out. But that, that is even a mild. You see, what you don't know is that as for fathers, their mistakes must frighten you. And uncles. Because mm-hmm. Moses said in Leviticus that the life of the flesh is in the blood. We are actually acting out things in our blood. Our genes are in our blood. That's why research shows that the every fe- most firstborn males of alcoholics also end up becoming alcoholics because the life is in the blood. If your father is a womanizer, then you should be looking for padlocks to lock your underwear and not to laugh. Beware of an evil heart. Be very careful of an evil heart because, you see, I can have it. As we minister, we can become evil. You see, uh, today's teaching, for me, the part I will lift up for you to take home is the part about the environment that stir up good or evil in you. Because as for the evil, there's no man with two testicles who doesn't have adultery in him. It's a standard feature in the car. Like, like a car without a steering wheel. Beware! You can do ministry with an evil heart. And nothing you will do works. You only raise up evil sons. Evil daughters. They will rise up against you. Because you, you eventually give birth. It's called the issues of life. The issues. What issues out of you? Issues out of your heart. So you will eventually give birth to the content of your heart. Beware. I will advise you at this point. That as we are all here. If you have the privilege of hearing of somebody's a girl, choir, a pastor, this has done this. I want to tell you to really like when I hear in Africa of the wonderful leadership of politicians and how they lead the countries very well and strengthen. They are currency. I only think of myself. Because what, what they are doing there, I can be doing it in the church. Somebody has gone to buy some things and he has, he has inflated the figures and so on. You could also be buying roofing sheets for the church or buying lights and whatever. And you can also inflate figures. And pastors do that. Pastors are building the church project and they'll tell the sand and stone contractor every four trips you take to the church, take one to my site. How 
how does a contractor who is delivering sand, how does he know your sights? That's why I'm saying that when you hear of somebody's problem, you should be afraid for yourself. And Jesus on his last day told the people who were weeping, he said, don't weep for me. Weep for yourselves. Shepherd, weep for yourself. And finally, beware of a heart that is lifted up. Before we receive our co-host, I want you to be aware that as we live, a lot of things can cause your heart to be lifted up. Your strengths, especially when you encounter somebody's weaknesses, somebody's mistake, somebody offending you, can cause your heart because when an offense comes, the comment you make is a direct result of a heart that is lifted up. That's what I told you. I almost became presumptuous. I had to insult myself to sit up. Because it's in us. If you don't hear such messages, so as the thing is coming, ah, but Bishop talked about the wicked heart. He preached about a, 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 a despiteful heart. He preached about an abominable heart. He preached, oh, this afternoon, I'm going to go into diseases. Diseases. You see, you may ask, ah, but we are having a certain conference. Why won't you teach us um, twelve characteristics of highland shepherds? Why won't you teach us thirty-five keys to becoming a good shepherd? About won't you teach the shepherding skills of Jehovah? Shepherding skills of Jehovah. What has it got to do with you? When your heart is wicked, how will you? How will shepherding skills of Jehovah help you? Your heart must be pure. Like David in Psalm 51, you should pray for the, for the Lord to cleanse your heart, to create a new heart. Until a new heart has been created, all these things are rubbish to you. What you've done to your pastor, the man who raised you, you want the shepherding skills of Jehovah. But is Jehovah not a father? And many of us, even as you sit here, it had to take me yesterday to inform you that the life you are living at home is a direct result of your heart. Some of you, some conversations you had about even me, about Bishop Daguard Mills, some things you said, I'm telling you that until you go to God to pray such prayers and, 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 and go through the appropriate ablutions, appropriate what? Ablutions. Some utterances and conversations and words. Ha! It shocks me that you are expecting something good out of life. 
that you've not been taught. Hear me, hear me well. Your heart, I told you, the size of your heart is the size of your fists. Your heart, the, the size, determines, will determine the size of what you are doing. Why do people start businesses and it is small forever? Because the heart is shrunk. Called microcardia. Some of you will never. Why do you think we have heart transplant? What, what, what do you think it is for? Why do you think we have heart transplant? Till that heart is removed, the person will not function, will not go far. That's why I said, creating me a clear. Because what the, the old one I have is full of, 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 of vegetations, rheumatic vegetations. Streptococcal vegetations, staphylococcal vegetations, yes, pneumocystis carinae vegetations. So please throw this heart out and get, that's why that's why we even have valvular transplants. Surgery, they put a new valve. Many of us have got destroyed hearts, and you won't go far. You won't go far. No far. No prayer can change your heart. No prayer can change your heart. The only thing that can change your heart is to change your heart. Beware. Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 14 of a heart that is lifted up. Deuteronomy 8 verse 14. Can you stand to your feet now? Deuteronomy 8.14 Then Thine heart Be lifted up And thou forget It's so true See, When you read these verses We think oh This is about God And this is Jehovah Jireh Jehovah uh, Whatever Jehovah uh, Whatever El Shaddai No You can forget The man Who brought you Out of the land of Egypt many of you were in certain situations some of you you follow someone and you meet someone apparently ostensibly greater than the one you followed then when you find that person you abandon the one you were following because you found something better and form an unholy alliance. An alliance. But remember this, what, what is called first pass metabolism. It takes time. It takes time for what comes out of the heart. To reach the end, the liver must work on it. Blah blah. blah. It's called first pass. Then something. So even drugs will have second pass. It takes time. Tell anybody it takes time. So don't be deceived. Oh, tell anybody it takes time. So don't be deceived. Don't let your present victories deceive you. Thine heart be lifted up. 
Isaiah 9 verse 9. Isaiah 9 verse 9. Isaiah 9 verse 9. We are going to pray. And all the people shall know. Even Ephraim and the inhabitants of Samaria that say in the pride and stoutness of heart. There are things, there are some words which will never come out of your mouth till there is pride and stoutness of heart. And everybody will be tempted. Somebody will come to you and bring it out of you. Can you lift your two hands and let's pray? Yes. Oh, yes. We are about to receive the ministry of a very, very, very experienced pastor. I've come to love you even more. If it's possible to lift your hands. Maybe you have a shoulder problem or some problem. It may be possible to lift. But we are praying. We are asking the Lord to purify our hearts. Purify my heart, O Lord. Create in me a clean heart. Create in me. Create in us, O God. Jesus said. But from the beginning, it was not so. Many people are not how they started. Because things happen. Prosperity happens. Poverty happens. Offenses happen. Things happen. Create in us, O God. Create in me. Pray. Libras Katayaba, Liko Shanamuna, Livadado, Shekadebe, O God, Mashalaba, Makadaba, touch my heart, touch my heart, Mashokadebe, Librasakatoni, Father, Lekadado Shelebu, Father, we thought we were coming for shepherding skills. What is this about the heart? Who needs a teaching on the heart? Oh, really? As the priests are, mm. so are the people. Oh God, Jesus! I want us to pray a rather specific prayer about a deceitful heart, mm. where your your you, you see you portend you portend you portend. A certain image and life, but you don't live it. If I call somebody here that this person is a shepherd of a basenta in my church, we expect that the person reads his Bible, the person does follow up, the person prays, but it may you may discover 100 other things before you discover prayer. Can you lift your hands? We are asking the Lord to heal us. Yes. Of hypocritical hearts, pretentious hearts. Everybody sees you and thinks that it's only your wife you are having sex with, not knowing that it's far from the case. You want to pray now? 
anything in me Yes. Search me. Mashallah. Search me. Search me. Oh Try my heart. Try my heart. Try my thoughts. Search me, Lord. Maya baya ya 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 ya. Maya ndala baba hanga daria basata. Le papa shakatoni ma. Le kataya ne ma shala proche. Le prashana ma. Le kadato shipras kataba. Can you lift your hands? We are asking the Lord. To deliver us from a heart that is lifted up. Oh, yes. Because you give God the only thing He you Why don't you read history of pastors just like you? Shepherds just like you. And how they ended. Why you think you are special baffles me. It beats my mind, and I'm very intelligent. I cannot understand how your mind works. Let your two hands. Deliver us, Lord. Deliver me, Lord. Yes, deliver me, Lord. From a heart that is lifted up. Yes, lifted That's why your ministry is done. Deliver us, Lord. Deliver me. Because he will bring down the one who lit up his Father, we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Clap your hands. And you may be seated. We trust that you have been mightily blessed and affected by the word of God preached by Bishop Edwin Morgan Ogo. Do join one of our lovely services from the Mackinac Cathedral near Valley View University, OUB, Accra, this and every weekend at 7.30pm on Saturdays, as well as 7.30am and 12 noon on Sundays. Connect with Bishop Edwin Morgan Ago on Facebook Live, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and on your favorite podcast app. Thank you for joining us. God bless you.